the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. ATL and FTL, a match made in Buckhead. Faith Talk Live with Rick and Dan on Faith Talk Atlanta. Love it. It is the uh, Wednesday edition of Faith Talk Live. I'm Rick Brown. I'm Dan Radcliffe. <laughs> Look, he's pumping up the audience The here. good doctor is here. Dr. Gary Lane from Grace Ministries uh, International. And you can no longer say that you are not a doctor because you are not a doctor. an honorary doctor. Even though I love it when Dan uh, says that. How are you? I'm excellent. Happy New Year. Are you terrific? I <laughs> I am horrified. You're I'm, horrified. I'm terrific. Good. I'm I'm excellent. I yeah. had a little bit of cold over the holiday, but yeah. uh, I'm all better. And but you look tanned. You, were you, uh, you at the know, beach somewhere? I, I am tanned. You yeah. know, that's what happens when you lay out in the sun. Yeah, and there's no one around to see you laying out in the sun <laughs> called this, for the, the sun, whale to beach. The sun in Georgia, or did you travel no, somewhere? No, some people blessed me with a trip to the islands, and so I was able to take a few days between Christmas and New Year's. The and islands. rest. The islands. Which islands? Yeah, yeah. The islands. The ones south of. Hawaii? No, the, the island south, like the Bahama-ish kind oh, of place. Oh, okay. Nice. How yeah, long did you go? The, uh, five days. Very cool. Yeah. Five days. So yeah. do you celebrate a Christmas over that period, or was that before or no, after? No, my family, everybody got together on Christmas Eve, because Christmas Day, everybody scattered like cockroaches mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's so the, everybody went somewhere different. So Christmas Eve was our big day. We had like 12 or 15 people, and we passed around presents, and or for my case, present, mm-hmm. and then, you know. Then we had a Christmas Eve, and then uh, Christmas Day was kind of like people with other family and stuff. My yeah, mom sure. and dad went to Florida, and my daughter went with her husband's family, and my brother went, with, my son went with them, and I went to my girlfriend's parents' house, which is scary. But uh, wait met a minute, the parents? <laughs> did you? Wait a minute. <laughs> Where's the scratch did on I, the record player? Did I hear him say? Girlfriend's parents' house. Yes, you did. Whoa! Hey, That's, all yeah. right. Okay, we may talk about this while the break is going on. We'll have to talk during the break. Do you need <laughs> during the break? Do you need, we'll give you a little bit of counseling. Yeah, yes. how about a little bit of counseling? Well, you and, know, we, I do call you doctor because you are a doctor now. Before you were a doctor, I called you doctor, and you would always say, "I'm not a doctor." Right, but right? I'm not a doctor now. You are a doctor, Why and we've I'm, got special music for you. Okay. Listen to this. Oh, really? We yeah we. Oh. Dr. Love. That's gonna Come be on, your, baby. That's going to be your new intro from right. now on. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Is that Gary Kiss? Lane. Yes, it is. Actually. We couldn't yeah. piece it wow, together it's... today because, well, Dan and I just were sleepy this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Every morning. But yeah. <laughs> what do you think about putting a new bumper in for uh, yeah. Dr. Gary Lane? Nah, we'll do it next time. Let's do All it. Right. Let's just throw something hey, together. I'm, it was Kiss. At least I knew it was yes, Kiss. Yeah, how good. about that? I'm surprised. Yeah. Do you remember what year that particular album? That was... Wow, uh, that must have been... Uh, 70, 70, 76, 77, I think. Oh, well, wait a minute. Let's see. It'd be about 77, I yeah. think. 78. Yeah. yeah. You're right. So I got out of high school in 76, and I don't, maybe that was, they yeah. were pretty popular at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's was. But their... so was disco. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't care for disco. Can't win them all. No. Yeah. Uh, so Swing anyway, that, we're going to put a, 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 a special wow. bumper for you. Thank you. So when you come I feel, in. I feel, I don't know. You are special. Honored and. 
Yeah. Doctor. Doctor. Dr. Gary. Gary Lane, who is a huge uh, Patriots fan. All right. Yes. Oh. All right. Shall we yes. talk about it? Oh, let's, yeah, absolutely. Let's talk sure. about this a little bit. All right. Uh, who expected this score that the Titans would beat the Patriots 20 to 13? Yeah, that's pretty sad. Isn't How do you it? feel about well, that? Well, I mean, uh, Mike Vrabel and all the uh, t- Tennessee Titans liked that score, so yeah, that was they good. Did. You know, yeah. he played linebacker for the Patriots for a lot of years, he, and and uh, the Patriots have problems against people who used to be Patriots, yeah, because they know the Patriot way. And yeah. so, yeah, I think they did a really good job of being prepared, and the you, Patriots were terrible. You, <laughs> you sound like they a Patriots terrible. fan. I am a Doesn't Patriots he? fan. I mean, full of excuses. I mean, Atlanta. <laughs> oh. I mean, Atlanta. We have no excuses. We have no excuses. Right? We Atlanta know, we has know no we're excuse. terrible. They just suck. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's Atlanta. Rick. Probst at SalemAtlanta.com. Well, yeah, Call Shamso, right. 404-995. That's right. Yeah. Well, they we, did. They were terrible. Yeah. yeah. Well, they were they so were terrible terrific. that uh, they were what they were. They, they were, were terrific. terrific. Yeah. We'll have With to cl- a true sense of the word terrific. Yes. Terrifying. Well, it used to be that terrific was a good thing to say. Now That's it's a bad thing. Now, now it's, it's a, a good bad thing. thing. It it's a good bad. thing now. It's a bad It used to be a bad thing. Are yeah. you sure? Now I'm confused. Yeah. It I used need to counseling. Be like, if it was terrific in the old days, you were terrified. But yeah. now it's a good thing. But now I'm Tom Terrific. Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> so good, I'm terrified. Well, we have uh, a, a few clips Uh-oh. after the game because I think it was an upset of of sorts. It was because they usually win at home and they hadn't yes. lost at home in a lot of years. And yeah. So, yeah, know. yeah. And so we All have right. first cut is uh, Tom Brady, and this is what he had to say after the game. <laughs> <laughs> Let's play that again. Was that him? Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, poor Tom. Yeah. Oh, Tom, Tom, Tom. Until he saw his next week's check, and then I'm yeah. sure it was. And then he cheered right up. <laughs> yeah, or he went home to his wife and yeah. said, you know, yeah, well, yeah. Like, I'm over it now. I'm over it now. That yeah. was after the game, and then, yeah. of course, they cornered uh, Coach uh, Belichick, and this is what he had to say. Yeah, yeah. On, on to Cincinnati. <laughs> oh, he's still going. Oh, God. That's, yeah, that's more than he normally says. <laughs> yeah, normally he just says, oh, what? No, no. Yeah, 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 it's pretty entertaining when they, they interview him. Yeah, so what he does now is, he's done for the year, so what he does is he goes home and he gets on his giant boat that he owns that has the six or seven Super Bowl rings yeah. that yeah. he's won uh, painted on the back of his boat, you know? Yeah. He and shouldn't he be too sad. sails yeah. off and decides what's to do, you know? Right. For, yeah, I'm sorry. He's not hurting. It, no. no. He's doing no. okay. Yeah, I think they're all fine. Well, finally, uh, someone interviewed the game ball after the game, <laughs> oh. and here's what the game ball had to say. He you was guys, a bit deflated, wasn't he? You guys are <laughs> awesome. That How is... was that again? <laughs> you know, we only do that. we only do that for you. I know uh, you guys love me. You yes, know what? We do. It, it, you go twelve and four. You've won five out of the last ten Super Bowls, and then everybody goes, "You're terrible, Dan." Yeah. Yeah. But that was a surprise, wasn't it? I woke up the next morning. Uh, and I haven't been really keeping up. I'm just. I yeah, guess it I'm was going a little bit of a. Old... It was a little bit of a shock. They yeah. thought that they should be able to pull. Out, I mean, it was the Titans for crying out loud. Yeah, but go Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. it's Baltimore's year, but yeah, you know, Titans are playing above their game there. I but hope that's so. Okay. I hope it's a Baltimore year. How about my Cowboys? Anyway, let's uh, move that's on. All, to there's this. always next year. <laughs> there's always Dan, next year. Dan, I love the Cowboys. That's what we've been saying as for well. quite yeah. a while now. Doctor yeah. Gary Lane, Grace Ministries International. I, I, talking about losing now. How, how do you lose? You're not used to this. 
Neither no, are they. Like, that's you know, a winning wow. team, uh, and they really have worked hard over the years. Everybody hates the the guy the the guy on top, don't they? Yep. Yeah, they love they to always root criticize, for the underdog. Yeah, they yeah, always yeah. Criticize the guy at the top, and that's just what human nature. Yeah, it right? happens to me all the time. Yeah, <laughs> does it? <laughs> People criticize me because I'm at the top. You're yeah. at the top. So top how game. how do you how do you handle uh, as far as a person losing? Yeah, uh, gracefully, and and winning gracefully. Well, and again, part of it uh, is how much I have your identity that you've tied to your team or your performance or your so it always goes back to who you are who your identity is and so if i'm an, if i'm only successful because of the fact that the patriots are successful then the the patriots need to be successful and so my my emotional stability goes up or down based on whether my team wins or loses and isn't and, it sad that a lot of us are that way we're all in some ways drawn to greatness and we want to be great, and we think if our team is great, then that means we're part of something great. Yeah. I, I talked to a lady on the phone, is a, a millennial, and she said, you know, as far as making money and things, she said she wanted to contribute to society. She wanted to be part of something that was greater than herself. And I think deep down, that's what we all want. We mm-hmm. want to be something great. So if my team is great, I'm great. You know, if my team is terrible, then I have to look at myself and go, why do I root for a horrible team? Yeah. 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 And so it, it comes back to me. And so, again, if I, if I can detach my identity from my team, then I love the Patriots. I love watching them. And, boy, they play terribly. But that does not mean I'm a terrible person or I'm, a, or I'm nothing in my life changed yeah. because they won or lost that game. You're not walking on depressed because they're not I'm not depressed not because they're not in the Super Bowl yeah. or, or going on to the next round of the playoffs. Yeah. I can celebrate the great season they had. They all got checks. <laughs> they all go home. They all got home. Like, big checks. You know, yeah, big I have to check. raise my support. I have a much tougher job yes. than yeah. they do. Yeah. Okay, I yeah. have to go around and ask people to support our ministry and support me in what I do. Yeah. So my identity is not tied up in in my sports teams. It's tied up in who Christ says I am, and He says I'm amazing. Hmm. You know, I'm His. I'm His chosen son. I'm His child that he loves intently you are a doctor that is that is so good and that's not just about football that's about life right yeah well let's do this since it's the new year let's talk about new year's resolutions good bad ugly Mm, i don't know we'll talk more right after this hard break i'm rick probst i'm dan ratcliffe this is faith talk live stated Your personal oasis on a troubled radio dial. Faith Talk Live with Rick and Dan on Faith Talk Atlanta. Love it. Wednesday edition of Faith Talk Live. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. Let's go here. It's the doctor of love. The doctor of love, Dr. Gary Lane, uh, playing a love song from the 80s. Uh, what was that? Jitterbug? Uh, humble bug? Uh, from Wham. It was uh, Wham. It was like, wake bug. me up. Wake, wake me, me up before, before you, you go, go. go, go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, George Michael and the other guy. The other guy. Yeah, well, whoever yeah. the other guy was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is kind of funny, right? George Michael and the other guy. And the other dude. Was that he... was part of the joke for years. Yeah. Who's the other guy? Uh, I don't know. I, don't know I, I think he's still alive. Yeah, I think he is. Yeah. Anyway, uh, flashback to the uh, 80s. Oh, yeah. So how are you? You were around in <laughs> My the head 80s, is hurting. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can we skip that? The oh, 80s? No, the 80s, the 80s were awesome. Some of the 80s were pretty cool. 80s. I didn't care for the... You know, I use that as kind of an example in my counseling. We talk about how our belief systems grow up within us. Through yes. our, and and we, have, we have repressed or we have all our memories are stored. And sometimes we act out of those memories and we don't really know that that's our belief system. Mm-hmm. And it's like I tell people all the time, you know, when I hear a disco song, I kind of start freaking out. Yes. That takes me right back to the 70s and mm-hmm. bell-bottom pants oh, and yeah. you know, to part your hair in the middle and... 
Ugh. you know, where, I don't know. Something should never come back shirts. in style. Right. right. But, I mean, as soon as I hear an, an old Wham song or an old Kiss song, it's like takes me back to the 70s. Yeah. And so it's interesting how our memories are stored. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and so something comes up in our life and it triggers a memory. Yeah. And so those those memories are stored there. And Paul talks about the renewing of our mind is to actually neurologically rewire our brains. Mm-hmm. And that's part of what we do in counseling is we try to help people to have uh, to take that negative thing that occurred that they react, respond out of and rewire them to think new thoughts, mm-hmm. you know, and to think how God uh, I wasn't loved as a child, let's say. And so every time someone says, I don't love you, that triggers all these horrible memories and 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 triggers responses from those memories. And mm-hmm. so we try to help them see the newness of life in Christ. And that's gmint.org. Mm. So that's what we do. That is so good. Yeah. Renewing the mind is not an overnight uh, thing. You can't pay nineteen ninety nine and, and get no. her done. There's some things that no. I'm still working on. 12 easy sessions. All these, 12 <laughs> yeah, easy sessions. <laughs> right. Dr. Right. Gary Lane, gmint.org. <laughs> that's right. Call Shamso, 404-995-7300. That's right. Anyway. And probably, old, probably before the midnight older, tonight. Yeah, the older we get, it's probably harder to do that rewiring, yes. isn't it? Because yes. So set. And here's the interesting thing about God: He is so patient. He's wait. He waits until we're ready to be rewired. Hmm. He's not trying to force you to be rewired. It's not like God is like, "Wow, Rick, you know, God loves you, but He just needs to fix a few more things with you because you are a mess." Hmm. He's like, "I love you the way you are. You are amazing. You're my son." And, and I love everything about you. And um, when you finally realize, wow, the things I'm doing aren't, aren't um, they're not healthy or they're not good for me, then I'll change. And that's when the father works. Mm. So he's always there waiting, but he's never forcing himself. Mm. He uses the circumstances that come into our lives as opportunities for us to go like, father, what's going on? Mm. And he's like, oh, thank you for asking. <laughs> now let's talk. And so he uses those. So that is so that is so good. Now, yeah. what about in a situation where you have and I do want to talk about New Year's resolutions. Yes. I think it's important. Some people think they're bad. Yes. Some people think they're good. Uh, but anyway, because you just bring up a, a, a really good point. You have a situation where there's a husband, wife or family members and this particular spouse won't change or person won't change. Right. Um, and they just don't want to change. Right. Should they just leave it in God's hands? Uh, they won't go to counseling, so they just leave it in God's hands? Because you just said, let's say that they're a follower of Christ, and you just said until they're ready to do it. And I'm not trying yeah. to make things complicated. I just yeah. know I've talked to over the years right. couples where the it's usually the, the man, sometimes the woman, right. and they do not want to change. They will right. not change this particular behavior. Right. Okay. It may not be deadly, but they don't want to change it. Right. And so with the way that our father looks at us, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. He loves us, period. Right. So he loves us even if we don't really renew our mind in that particular area. Exactly. But how does a human deal with that successfully? Well, it's interesting how God uses spouses to work on us. And so uh, your spouse is God's instrument in his hands to work on us. So, so when that spouse, you say, I want my spouse to change that behavior, I would ask you, why do you need them to change that behavior? That's a great question. Right. Why do you need them to stop leaving the toothpaste cap off? Mm-hmm. And the reason is because it makes me crazy. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm really doing is I'm being selfish and I don't want you to make me crazy. Well, then what I've done is I've given you control of my emotions. And so we put on our spouses, and, and part of that is to deflect and say, well, it's not my fault. 
I don't want to look at me. I want to look at you. You're my problem. And when I tell couples in, in counseling that their spouse is not their problem, they sort of get fidgety and go like, no, no, that's why we're here. He, <laughs> he's the problem. Not yeah. Me. Yeah. And it, and a lot of times it's, he's the problem, but yeah. a lot of, a lot of times it's like, she's my problem. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Right. Sure. And so they're not the problem. The problem is there's something in me that they irritate. Yeah. But God is actually using that to stir something up in your heart to go, okay, why is that irritating? Because it makes me feel something. It makes me feel uh, less loved. It makes me feel like I have no voice. It makes me feel like I'm worthless. It makes me feel like I'm, I'm um, disrespected, which means I have no value to you. And so you want to understand that the, your spouse is the perfect person to, because they're the closest to you, they sort of know how to get under your skin. They know how to push your buttons. Mm-hmm. They know how to trigger you. And those are opportunities for God to speak into your heart. If you'll talk to the father about what's going on in you, instead of saying, father, please change my spouse. Mm. He's like, no, they're exactly where I need them. Trust me with you. Let's talk about you. Because really the only person I can affect change in is me. I can wish to make you trim your beard, dude. Trim your beard. <laughs> right? It's making me crazy. Trim your beard. See, that's going to make me grow it even longer. Yeah. Right? And so that's the perfect reaction. It's right. like, oh, you hate it? I'm going to grow it yeah, longer, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, that would trigger something. But why, why, why does your beard affect me? It shouldn't. It has no effect. Just like the Patriots losing has no effect on me. Right. But we let it. Because that doesn't make you. It doesn't make me. It has nothing to do with my life, but neither does your beard. Yeah. But someone might look at you and say, like, you need to shave your beard. It's like, why? Probably your mom. (laughs) Even your spouse wouldn't say, no, don't shave it. Your your mom would say, shave your beard. Yeah, yeah. You know, you look like a bum or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But whatever she would say. Yes. And then that that would affect you in some way. But then you say, like, mom, why does my beard affect you? Yeah. Well, it's a reflection on me, the way I raised you as a son. Well, see, or... I heard that growing up. Uh, my mother always said that if I didn't, oh, she was a perfectionist. She was an ultra-perfectionist. Ultra sure. So nothing could be perfect. Exactly. Uh, and so if you wore that or your hair was out of place or whatever, which I think she got from one of her parents. Um, it's and, generational. But anyway, it was, and okay, why do I need, why can't I wear stripes and plaids? Well, uh, th- th- because people are going to look at your mother. Yeah, it's a reflection say, on me. That's what she always said. Exactly. Yeah. And so the shaming of that was to make you feel less than because you were a poor reflection on your family. Right. That's the entire, I don't want to say the entire, but there are entire cultures that are shame-based. Yes. Mm. Yeah. And so um, it's interesting how America has tried to come out of shame-based which is to say, like, everything's fine. Nobody yeah. can tell you anything is wrong. And so right. now we've gone to a totally amoral position, which there are no morals. Right. It's not immoral. It's amoral means none. Yeah. So there's no morals. That way I can wear stripes and plaids. And you can, you you're not allowed to say <laughs> that's not good. Right. And and it's funny how people tell us, oh, they, they want to be free, but they, they tell us how we should think about what they're thinking. And yes. so they oppress us with other people are oppressing other people with their thoughts of what right and wrong should be like. And if you don't believe the way they believe, then, then you're, then you're, right, then you're wrong. wrong. And but so they actually go back to being moralists and then shame you. And the, the core of it is selfishness, period. Sure. Yes. And so the idea behind conflict in a marriage is to look at this conflict and, and use it as a mirror into my own heart and say, what's going on here? That, that their behavior... So, you know, I hear things like, well, he never calls when he's coming home from work. Okay, great. He doesn't call on his way home from work, and that makes you feel 
Like he should call. Well, that's not a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> right? No, that's you trying to a, a, a change his behavior so that you feel better about something. Well, and then so until you drill down on that and go like, well, when he calls, that makes me feel more secure. Okay, so your security is tied up in whether your spouse calls or not. Yeah. Yes. Wow. So now you've just taken your security and placed it in another human being, and now you have to manage them to perform the way you want them to perform so that you're okay. Right. Yeah. It's the, it's the old classic, I'm okay if you're okay. Yeah. Well, you need to be okay. Why? So that I can be okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and now I'm going to manage you. Instead of saying, let's look at a mirror and say, like, well, I feel insecure. Now, what should I do with my insecurity? Mm-hmm. So this is where, I'm, I hate to rag on churches, but this is where church misses. And that's why there's counseling. And that's why Grace Ministry does such, such a good job is because we look at your insecurity and say, okay, are you willing to trust the Father with your insecurity? And then we don't know how to trust the Father with our mm-hmm. insecurities. Mm-hmm. We're like, we'll just go like, no. Yeah. Just God make him call so I feel secure. Right. And God's like, no, I need, I want to be your security. And so, and so conflict and, and, um, even resolutions, we talk, are they good or bad? You yeah, know, yeah. I, I, I have non-binding resolutions. That's what the government calls them. <laughs> non-binding. <laughs> have you not heard that term? Oh, We've yeah. heard that term oh, over. Definitely. It's a non-binding resolution, yeah. which means what? It's a resolution that means nothing. Yeah. Exactly. It's like trust, but verify, which means trust, but don't trust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so a resolution is saying, I resolve to do the following. And, and if I do the following, I'm looking for a, an expected result. It's okay to have goals and it's okay to look for results, but to resolve to do something that just puts yourself into a performance thing that says, as soon as you don't do it, then what happens? Well, now I didn't perform at a level that makes me satisfactory to myself. Hmm. And so, well, now I'll get an accountability person so they can tell me I'm terrible too, right? And so all of that is just a failed attempt to make a change in my heart without looking at what's really going on in my heart. Hmm. And so I've lost some weight. Why? Because I chose to eat less food. And it kind of, that's how it works. If you eat less food, you don't tend to weigh less. Yeah. But that's a good resolution, though. Yeah, but it's and not a resolution. You on a plan. It's not a resolution. It's just God spoke to my heart and said, you need to be healthy. And I'm like, you're right, God. And so uh, I ate pizza for dinner. And it's like, don't tell anybody. I ate, a, I ate pizza for dinner. That's not on a diet. That's not on many diet plans. Pepperoni pizza. Mm-hmm. Add sausage. So <laughs> And bacon. Yeah, well, oh, I only got two yeah. toppings because I'm cheap, so... <laughs> But it's but it's not it's not a re- I didn't resolve to lose weight. I needed to be healthy, and so I started eating more healthy food. And guess what happens? You lost weight. You kind of lose weight, and you start to get a little more healthy. Yeah. But I didn't resolve to lose weight. I said God ne- God just spoke to me and said you need to take care of your body. I like I'm, I'm in international travel. I go all over the world. I need to be healthy. I yes. need to be strong to be able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's my goal. My desire is to share the gospel with other people. I need to be healthy to do that. So I need to take care of my body to do that. Yeah. Love that. Dr. Gary Lane in the studio, uh, Grace Ministries International. Well, let's talk about this uh, Iran, Iraq bombing oh, U.S. Yeah. Oh, my gracious. Uh, it's gotten a little heavy. How, what, what should we do about I don't feel this? secure. <laughs> <laughs> We'll talk to the expert here, Dr. Gary oh, Lane, in seconds on the Wednesday edition of Faith Talk Live. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Rackler. Stay there. Right here from the palatial seventh floor studios in Buckhead, it's Faith Talk Live with Rick and Dan. Look out. It is the Wednesday edition of Faith Talk Live. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Rackler. Happy Wednesday. The doctor is in. Yes, he is. Not and if you have a question, call Shamso, 404 995 
the doctor of love. <laughs> G-Men International uh, is uh, the place to go to uh, find him. Interesting conversation while the break was going on about <laughs> couples and conversation. And uh, you can find out more at gmen.com. Also, you teach the Bible org, study. Org, yeah. org I'm sorry. Uh, the Bible study at Piedmont every week. I uh, do. I do. We're starting up again. Do you ever get into couples on that, or do you usually talk about... No. Uh, uh, Sunday school is more about family kind of stuff, but um, but uh, Wednesdays I take a book of the Bible and I just walk through it, and it's fascinating to just go verse by verse and day by day and try to put it in context and why was the guy writing this book mm-hmm. and, and what what does he really mean by that and you know hmm. why you shouldn't why you should always wear hats in church and you know we just <laughs> look at we look at the cultural relevance of the book as it was written in the time yeah to try to understand because otherwise we create doctrines out of like you know, a verse yeah. crazy, right. crazy. And we don't, we don't look at what was really going on and what was the heart of the intent of the letter. Yeah. So why, why should we wear hats in church? I don't know. <laughs> there was a band in the eighties called men with hats. Yes. It was. Yeah. It yeah was. So yeah. there you go. Are men you, br- at work. Are you bringing work. back, are you bringing back the eighties stuff we did earlier? Yes. You're genius. You're so genius. You love the eighties. Try to tie it all together yes. you know, for you eighties fans. Yeah. Dr. Gary Lane, check him out at uh, Wednesday nights at Piedmont. What's well, tonight? Well, yeah, we're not are starting you, again until uh, next week or oh, so. Oh, you're off for a while? Yeah, it's winter break Still or something. Still on Christmas vacation, aren't you? I, yeah. I guess, yeah. yeah. And gmen.org uh, to find out more and connect with him. And not just couples counseling, but, but any counseling, really. Yeah, we do all kinds of counseling. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about this Iran-Iraq-U.S. Uh, thing here in a second. Uh, the worship circle coming up, uh, and I just had a, uh, a Todd Fields. Yes. Uh, I was going to call him Jason Fowler, but he's not Jason, <laughs> not Fowler, Jason Fowler, who's going to be on the show later yes. on. Yes. But Todd Fields uh, used to be worship leader at North Point for years and years and years, started uh, worship circle to mentor uh, other worship leaders around the globe. And what Christy Knuckles, Paul Beloche, uh, Meredith Andrews, and some others are in on this, and they have a special uh concert coming up at Church of the Apostles on the 26th mm. of yes. yeah, uh, January. It's a Sunday so night. If you'd like yeah. to know more, uh, check it out at uh, worshipcircle.com. All right, let's talk about this, uh, this these world problems that we have. I know when mm. uh, a lot of people probably feel a little insecure. We were yeah. talking about security. Yeah, uh, yeah. When, when we start having talks of war and, and things yeah. going on. I think what, that's in the Bible, right? Rumors it, it, of rumors war. Wars. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, the Middle the Middle East, it's interesting how the world revolves around this little country of Israel. Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. and then there's all these people that are opposed to Israel and the people who defend Israel. And uh, the the Middle East, the, the relationship between the Christian and non-Christian countries in that world, part of the world, uh, has been going on for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Whose land is it? And and who's the right God. And so there's not going to be, I think, a political answer to any of this. Right. And so war is threatened lots um, because sometimes people think through strength they can they can bully other people or, or manipulate their will mm-hmm. or maybe just show them that the reality of what the truth is is that, that you're not, not uh, your plan is not the best plan for the world. Right. But, um, yeah, there is... There is um, there's a lot going on in that part of the world right now, which is really interesting. I think everything shows me that um, that there needs to be someone come and say, peace, peace, I've got this all figured out. And I think that's what the Bible in Revelation talks about mm-hmm. as an antichrist, right? Mm-hmm. Someone who appears to be a Christ, a savior, because mm-hmm. that's what the word means. Right. So there's uh, there's got to be a time when someone stands up and goes, I've got this. They have all the answers. They have all the answers and say they seem so smart. They're going to be smart. They're going to be intellectual. They're mm-hmm. going to be... They're going to be smooth and, and, and talk, and, and people are just going to go like, yes, 
And so it, it, I think we're coming to a place where we're more and more that way. Um, the vehement hate for our current president and the vehement love for our current president mm-hmm. may or may, may not be anything based on policies. It's more about the person. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that happened where former presidents, you know, either I remember when President Reagan became president, there was a lot of people that loved him and there's a lot of people that hated him going back to the 80s. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so it, it becomes about the person, which is very interesting. And so the policies don't seem to be the issue at that moment. It be, becomes the person. So I think an antichrist comes, one who comes as a savior who says, I've got this. It will be about who he is and what he says he can do. Mm-hmm. And people are going to fall for that. And so, yeah, Iran and Iraq are um, close to each other. I was scheduled to go to Iraq this year. We'll see if I get to go. Hmm. Uh, there yeah. are Christian churches in uh, – there's actually Christians in both of those countries. People probably don't know that. But there are people here in the United States who are trying to reach out and help those Christians who live in those countries because they are oppressed, because they cannot worship openly and freely like we get to here. And so um, there's always going to be this context of um, um, of war – because they're fighting uh, good and evil. And mm. and I think President Bush talked about good and evil, but, I mean, that's a biblical thing. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. Mm-hmm. There's going to be wars and rumors of wars. There's always going to be that. But he said, I've overcome the world. Mm. And so I think I think the the Christian perspective needs to be, this is a perfect opportunity to share more about Jesus because there is only one solution to this problem, and it's Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And and he's the one that can provide peace when there is no peace. And and until we start to realize that and focus on Jesus Christ and what his, what his message was, he didn't come for political revolution. He didn't wage war against the social ills of the day when he, was, he came. Mm-hmm. He said there's something more important. Yeah. It's eternal life. And so we get caught up in the physicalness of this realm that we live in, and this is the world of darkness. This is Satan's realm right now. Jesus, before Pilate, said, this is not my kingdom. If this was my kingdom, we'd be fighting hard. This is not my kingdom. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the Bible talks about in Revelation, at one point there will be a giant fight between God and the enemies of God, and they will lose. Mm-hmm. And so he's not afraid of that fight. So for us, it's really an opportunity to say, like, wow, if you find people and you talk to them and they're concerned and worried, it's like, yeah, I would be too, unless you knew the prince of peace, hmm. the one who provides peace that goes beyond world stability. Um, you're going to have problems, but I've overcome the world, see Jesus. So it is it is disheartening that um, that the world has decaying that way, but it shouldn't be surprised to any Christians that the world has to fall apart. I think I can I can kind of speak for Dan because we kind of think the same way about politics. We're just so tired of it. We understand that you have to ha- you, that you know where we are. We have to have politicians, but everywhere you turn, everywhere you watch, it's all about politics. And so it's just and people are you know well, there are Christian people that are just totally soaked up in this thing. I mean, they're so convinced that if the other side does something, they hate them. Right. I've heard Christians say they hate the Democrat. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, dude. And there's probably people a, that are on the Democratic side that say they hate right. the Republicans yeah. and they right. say, I'm just right. as good a Christian as you are. Yeah, right. just cool your jets a bit. Yeah. It's bigger than that. It, it It is like that's so minuscule. It's like to say that it's bigger is great. But, I mean, it's like it's enormous compared to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the this is the minutia that Satan wants. The Satan is the father of lies. He's a deceiver. And his job is to deceive us. And so... Jesus said, I've come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. And so 
We need to start looking at the fact that Jesus Christ provides peace that goes beyond the world. The peace I live with you is not like the world gives you peace. My peace I give unto you. And that supersedes all of the world. Mm -hmm. And it's politics. That is so good. Dr. Gary Lane, uh, check him out at uh, gmed.org and uh, and or uh, Piedmont when he kicks off his Bible study. Yeah. We'll see you in just a few. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. Uh, We'll have a great show tomorrow. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. This is Faith Talk Live. See you.